Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. This is episode 55 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. And Wayne, it's good to be back in the same room again. Yeah, back in the studio. It's been... I I literally cannot remember the last time that I was here. I know. I, in fact, I had to clean off your little work table there. It was yeah. piled high with stuff. Oh, uh, come on! I man. even you got respect the, the space. Even got the polish out and and polished up. The, well, okay, that's a lie. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't even believing that. Okay, so. but I did. I did clear out all the all the junk. But uh, yeah, good to be back together and got a lot to talk about. Finally, an episode. That we agree on. Yeah. Uh, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Unfortunately, we both thought it was pretty good. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, we're kind of in a downtime in terms of genre television. There, all these shows going into hiatus and, you know, Revolution, last time they went into a four-month hiatus. I'm not sure. that They haven't really said this time. But, um, you know, we're recording on Wednesday night. So Arrow is doing their last episode, I believe, until they're going into hiatus. Yeah, tonight's the uh, the mid-season finale. Uh, Supernatural had their mid-season finale last night. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I, I guess is... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a, they had a rerun. On right. I think, I think they're still... I think they have one more next week. Really? Just one more? Wow. And then um, you know, Sleepy Hollow... I believe it was also on hiatus, right? Now, when did this start? When did this mid-season finale start? I, I mean, I, I like it. I, <laughs> yeah, it's actually, I guess, kind of a nice little break, actually, a little bit. Um, though I just you know, picked up uh, American Horror Story Asylum for the library today. So, you know, I'm not exactly going to go to bed early now. <laughs> That's the second season. Yeah. Okay. Um. But I mean, I like it. It's like we get two cliffhangers, you know, and, you know, I, I really, I mean, it's a great marketing tool. I mean, it certainly gives fans a lot to talk about in the weeks, months sometimes until the show comes back. Sure. But I'm just thinking like, what, what are they going to show? I guess are they just going to show reruns? Well, the, you know, a lot of times the they'll they'll debut a new show, like one of right. these mid, mid-season replacements and... You know, I don't, I don't know. I know, like, even the following isn't starting until, you know, second week of January. Um, obviously, that's not a new show, but... Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I was just wondering that with all these shows, like, not, you know, not, or, you know, being on hiatus, what is going to fill the void? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, for me, right now, I'm, I'm up to season five in Andromeda, and, and that's it, and I'll tell you, I'm I'm a little disappointed, not so much in the storytelling, the absence of one character, and and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but uh, I'm a little disappointed. I think long-time listeners will know. Well, if you're disappointed, surely it's probably Lexa Doig's character, right? I I didn't say that, but uh, now we're we're obviously into the holiday season now, and I I swear I keep meaning to say this to you at work. Um, I don't know if you've been following Amazon, and, and we certainly aren't. Funded by Amazon, although uh, 
if you'd like to send us some money, you're, what's that guy's name? Jeff Bezos or Bezos? Yeah, I don't or, know. No, I, I don't sent know. him enough money. You can probably, yeah, well, you know. a, well anyway, um, you know, I just got a package in yesterday. I picked up Fringe Season 5 for seven ninety nine. Oh, nice. I already got it, though. And and why well, I had when you got yours last time, I think you told me you got a good deal, and I got seasons one to four because five wasn't out yet, I think. Right. And then I picked up uh, X Files seasons two, four, five, and six. I already had one, three, seven, and eight. Still don't have nine, but well, you know, you could have taken that seven dollars and gotten Netflix for a month, yeah, almost, and because uh, they have all five seasons of Fringe on Netflix. Right. But we're still back to my same problem, which. You know, would be rectified if I bought a second PS3. Yeah. See, what I'm saying is, where t- what's the problem here, Dave? <laughs> I know, I know. You can actually with a PS3, you probably get a pretty good, uh, pretty good price on now because I think they're coming up with the, the PS4 is out, I believe. Yeah, right. So, um, and in fact, or you could get a Nintendo Wii. I mean, for crying out loud, that yeah. could probably probably wouldn't even cost you a hundred dollars. Yeah, and you just to be able to watch Netflix. But the Wii still has a bunch of cool games. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, there's still something about being able to hold it in my hand and and that's what she said. Yeah, (laughs) and having it, having the box on the couch next to me. But you know, anyway. So uh, uh, we'll see how much more money Amazon gets from me. But uh, that that should hold me for a while, anyway. But yeah, what are you watching? Anything else other than what we've talked about? Um. Well, I, I, you, you still haven't gotten caught up on the new season of American Horror Story, right? I, you know, I kind of petered out. But again, there's so many darn shows that yeah, are, that are yeah, good. Yeah, there's a lot going on and everything. Um, I actually, last weekend, just kind of randomly decided I was going to watch the two Star Trek movies. Just one night, I'm like, I'm going to watch both Star Trek movies tonight and everything. And, uh, you know, I came up to, with two conclusions. One, that the both Star, the Star Trek movies are awesome. And two, that... This whole issue we we were talking about with Kirk turning around uh, when he you know he shouldn't have. Um, I, I watching the first movie again. I'm like, oh my god, there's all kinds. He he he's he's like just bad bad like the whole movie. There's that I told you about the one scene where he's with Uhura's roommate when Uhura comes home, and so he scrambles under the bed, and as Uhura Uhura is getting undressed. Uh, he kind of like peeks up from under the bed, and I was like, "Oh!" So they kind of set that, uh, you know, a little bit of a precedent of his kind of behavior. And every time he passes, you know, he's like passing cadets, saying, "Hey, James Kirk," you know, and everything. Right. And so, who yeah. should have been surprised when we? Right. Right. So I guess it's just I... for so, I don't know. So going back and watching the first movie, I'm wondering why I was why that scene struck me. I, I I think I guess still in the context of the second movie, there wasn't as much of that. You know, there wasn't as much of the. The, that sex stuff where they established that almost right from the start because, you know, like the first scene with the adult, uh, James Kirk, is he's in the bar and he's hitting on Ahura, right? So the the sex issue comes in right from the start with him in the first movie, whereas in the second movie, he's now the captain. And so that, that sex issue is really not, it's, they briefly mentioned it, it was like he was early on, but really it's not an issue at all. Um, and then that scene happens, and then you're like, it's, so it's, it seems more out of character than it did in the first movie, I guess. Right. Well, I'm going to let it go. Otherwise, we'll end up talking right, 10 exactly. or 15 more minutes about that again. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but I will tell you one thing, that that uh, I guess it's Sci-Fi Channel has been running – well, they, of course, they run Star Trek Next Generation reruns, but they also were running the movies over the Thanksgiving holiday. And, you know, it, it's – production values or what it's just really hard for me to watch them now because 
Yeah, they were probably state of the art at the time. Like the TNG movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I. Well, no, even the first ones with with uh, Will, William oh, Shatner yeah, and Leonard yeah, yeah. Nimoy. Yeah, but those were like really good. Like I know, like Wrath of Khan. Like the story is still, you know, first rate. But yeah, you go watch it now, and and you can't like help but notice that this is just barely better than the the TV show as yeah. far as like yeah. And I wonder what production values. I wonder what people like your son. You know that that. I mean, we can almost force ourselves to deal with it. Sure. Um, I, I did try one time to like show the boys the first episode of Star Trek, like the original series. And, and they were like, is, it, is this going to be like this the whole time? I'm like, this is excellent television. Yeah. You know, it's like I had, to, I had to tell you, you will sit down and watch this because it's good for you. you know, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll- you know, I, 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 as you get older, you you take those things to mind. You can appreciate a movie, you know, for what it is. Depend no matter when it was, but I'll I'll admit now it is difficult to go back and see the older movies, even like Star Wars. Now you look back and you kind of can't help but think, uh, you know, yeah, you know, and that, that that some of those uh, characters are moving like they look look like puppets a little too much. You know, this is CGI that and, right, and that's the thing. I mean, you watching old movies like Casablanca, which is obviously a non genre. I mean, it's not as big a deal. Because you don't have the special effects, you don't have the sure. CGI stuff. So, anyway, uh, well, that's kind of what we're into at this point. It, we're like we said, it's kind of a lull and gives us a chance to pick up on some things we haven't had time to watch. Yeah, I ended up watching like the same five movies over and over again. You know, like I watched Iron Man one again. It's just like why? You know, there's all these movies to watch and. I just keep like I have like the same five. I just watch over and over and over again. Well, I don't have time. You know, the movie movies are too long for me. So oh, and I saw Ender's Game. Oh, I finally oh, got, did. You really I finally got the took the boys to see Ender's Game. Yeah, and they liked it. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Being a big fan of the novel, it, it, it's always hard when you have a book that you're a really big fan of. The movie's never going to measure up at all, and it's like I almost thought of of doing like a take five with with Brendan and Sean just because you know the whole way home. The movie theater is probably like a half hour, 35 minutes away from home. And the whole way home, they're just like, well, they should have had this in there. And they should have had this in there. And then, and then uh, well, what'd you think about it? Oh, it was awesome. You know, like they, they it was awesome. But then the whole time, they're like just picking that and pulling it apart. And, you know, there's things that obviously weren't in there because when you read a book, you have your favorite parts of the book and you have the parts that you think are awesome. And like, if I made this movie, this would definitely be in. And then the director makes a different choice. And then you're like, ah, oh, he didn't, you know, he didn't have the part that I love in there. So. But, yeah. uh, well, I think that'd be great if you did that with with the boys. Yeah, maybe I will. So, you know, always up for uh, oh. you know rambling on and talking. I don't know where they get it from. Little family bonding. So, <laughs> all right. Well, why don't we do some news? I got a couple items, and two of them are related to Arrow. First one. Now, I think most genre fans have heard that the Flash is going to be getting his own full fledged show and now it's going to also get his own full-fledged pilot instead of a backdoor pilot that was going to piggyback on arrow so was this the superhero who goes around in a trench coat and exposing himself uh, to people? i believe it is yes okay okay now producer andrew kreisberg is here to ex- or explain that uh that's a good thing and, and that uh, the viewers are going to get to meet grant gustin's version of barry allen aka future flash and i, I took a look at this actor grant gustin he looks like he's about 11 um, he's been in, uh, I guess he doesn't have a, a wide array of, of credits, uh, 90210. I mean, he's definitely like teen heartthrob-ish. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Anyway, 
Uh, so producers had planned to introduce the concept for a Flash spinoff with a backdoor pilot in episode 20 of Arrow next year, but the network has now decided to give Flash its own pilot episode with a bit bigger budget, of course, and Kreisberg says that should make things run a lot smoother. He told TV Line that episode 20 is now just going to be an episode of Arrow, which worked out well because the whole backdoor pilot concept had messed with the pacing of Arrow. And, you know, they were going to have to really change the storyline that they had planned. As for the new pilot, DC Comics chief Jeff Johns promised they'll be using a lot of mythology and characters from the comics, while producer Greg Berlanti said they'll use the extra time to have the reimagined character's origin and to have it so emotional to now actually be able to render that in pilot form. And that's been, according to him, terrific. So... Though Flash is obviously the biggest shift into the deeper DC universe, Kreisberg teased that the new series could go a long way into blowing the wider comic book world wide open, noting there's even a hint of a major character in the Flash pilot. And that's what scares the hell out of me is that don't dilute the pond. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I remember when Arrow first came up, I remember thinking that sounds like a great idea, but then I also think, well, the Green Arrow was, you know, like from again. I, I said before my my very limited knowledge of the Green Arrow, just coming from Super Friends. But he was like even just a minor character in the Super Friends, you know. So I was like, how are they going to get a show out of this guy? And of course, where they went with it is making it very dark and Batman like. And so that's really like, so the show is awesome, right? Because it's not like this goofy guy in green tights running around. You know, it's it's well beyond that. Um, so my same reservations and come out with Flash. When you think about Flash, again, a guy who was a minor Super Friends character, uh, with a red spandex costume with kind of little lightning bolts on his ears, which is like really the, I, when I was a kid, thought I thought was great. Like I love drawing the Flash because I love drawing those little lightning bolts, but still a very goofy costume now I think about it as an adult. So how to market this to adults and everything? Well, and well it, I mean, they pulled it off once. They might be able to pull off again, but you're right. How many times? Because it's the same three to five million of us that are watching these yeah, shows. Yeah, exactly. Right, and we only right. have so much time. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's very true as well. Now, so, if, I mean, I think it's obviously that's a show that's going to have a very short leash, you know, that, because like, like you said, it's the people who are watching it, the same people who are watching the Arrow. And if, you know, we watch it and the, the pilot sucks, no one's watching episode two, you know? Right. I mean, if they're going, you know, live plus seven or DVD sales, well, you know, who knows? Now, yeah. uh, also in the Arrow universe, uh, uh, the Queen and Lance families have been rocked by several family revelations. Therefore, it only makes sense that Alec Kingston's going to be back for another visit. The Doctor Who star is heading to Starling City to reprise her role as Dina Lance, Laurel and Sarah's mom. And the last time she appeared, she tried to prove that her dead daughter, Sarah, was actually alive. And we all thought she was nuts at the time, as did the characters in the show. No, I knew pretty much that. Her her daughter was definitely coming back. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sarah obviously is alive and well and has been reunited with Oliver and her father, Quentin. So Kingston's set to return in the 14th episode, and this time she will share some serious screen time with Oliver, which uh, is certainly a good thing. And finally, we do have an April 19th, 2014 return date for BBC America's Orphan Black starring Tatiana Maslany. Nice. So yes, absolutely. So it looks like it's about the same. You know, we'll have a late spring, early summer, which which is great. Yeah, you know? it, it, it kind of comes in at the 
where shows are winding down at the other end of it and everything. Right. So. And, and I imagine they'll probably do uh, what a lot of shows do is run season one, you know, maybe some kind of marathon or, you know. Right. Yeah, which they actually just did like a month ago because I had deleted all of my Orphan Blacks and now they're all back again. So I'm going to have to do something to my DVR so it doesn't do it again because like Doctor, the Doctor Who 50th anniversary nearly made my DVR explode. I was like deleting 30 episodes a day yeah, because they were just showing constantly for like that whole week. They were just showing Doctor Who 24-7. It was crazy. Right. And you probably have all the discs anyway, right? I, I do. <laughs> so I, I realized that you can set it so that you only record first run episodes. Okay. So I'm like, oh, that's what I need to do. Too bad you can't set it to run ones that you don't have the DVDs for. Right, like the, yeah, the classic ones would so, be nice. Yeah, of course they never run those, but right, right. all right. Well, anyway, all right. Well, why don't we do a little bit of listener feedback? Listener feedback. Yeah, baby. And we've got another feedback from Sally, and we'll take a listen to that, and then we'll comment. Hey, Wayne and Dave, it's Sally. I'm switching it up a little tonight. So, um, I also hope that other fans send you guys feedback too, because sometimes I feel like I'm the lone voice in the wilderness, but I know a lot of people listen to your podcast. So come on folks, let Wayne and Dave, uh, know what you think. All right. So Massimo, you guys didn't like a shirt or maybe just one of you. Um, we've got to go shopping together and we'll get you guys some hip clothes. Cause that shirt was awesome. So about the human thing, I think that, I think it was you, Dave, I think you were right. Um, I think he did say, or Ebony said, not bad for a human. And it was a little ambiguous. I thought maybe that, that maybe she meant the eye that he regrew was human. But I also interpreted it as meaning that he was human. It was very surprising. So I guess we'll find out more in episode four. And then finally, Wayne, I have to tell you, your soliloquy about Bo and Lauren and being in love really did bring a tear to my eye. And I have to say, I think that, uh, you know, I think there is a lot being set up so far in this season that does point to Bo and Lauren being star-crossed lovers and having a really epic love story. And... I think there's a lot of evidence in the text, but as usual, there's also kind of a tough road to travel to get there. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I got what you were saying about how it seemed that Bo's emotions were a little all over the place. But I think that if you, you know, were looking for the things or at least kind of hearing the things that I was hearing, you know, there's definitely, um, I want to say no love lost, but that isn't what it means. I think they both still love each other a lot and hopefully we're going to see more of that soon. All right, guys. Um, seriously though, let's go shopping because his clothes are awesome. Bye. First of all, who says we don't dress hip? Okay. Well, it, I, you can speak for, I mean, look at these sweatpants. Come on now. No, really? <laughs> yeah. If, if, uh, if there were a camera in the, in the studio right now, it would definitely reinforce Sally's, uh, comments there. But 
I feel like I'm pretty can dress pretty well when I put the effort in. You know, I thought Massimo's shirt was cool. I think Massimo dresses well. Yeah, yeah. It's, you had said that today. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a little uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm a little more conservative. And 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 truth be told, I'm one of those guys that you know. Ah, oh, I like this shirt. How many colors does it come in? <laughs> and yeah. and I wish I was exaggerating, but. Um, definitely not. Yeah, I'm I'm like a kind of a picky shopper, and I can't. I don't. I don't have the patience to shop for a long time. But I only buy things if I they really if I can really picture it, you know. So, um, it, it, I don't go shopping very often, and I yeah, I tend to find like clothes. I have clothes from you know ages ago, from like the '90s still that uh, you know that because I just really liked them. And I thought they you know don't necessarily look as good as uh, now, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I, I can dress Sally, though I could probably use someone to take me out shopping. Yeah. My wife yeah. won't do it. Oh, my God. Well, my wife tries to, I mean, she, yeah, God bless her. She, you know, she means well, but I, honestly, I'm just terrible. I, I really am a horrible. I mean, if I, I need to close shop by myself and I can be done in, you know, from the time I leave the house to the time I come back, 45 minutes tops. Yeah. And I've got like a, you know, arm, you know, just an armload of clothes. So, yeah. Well, I, I discovered my secret weapon now because I actually do a lot of clothes shopping for my wife. And, um, you know, my daughter I take with me now. And my daughter has a very eclectic um, – she's only, you know, eight, but uh, she has a very eclectic kind of um, style of her own. So I just put her in the car and she's like, oh, that – that you know, just have to kind of wonder, and whatever she picks up, like okay, good, good, good. All right, but we digress. Okay, we do so, digress right, once now, again. All right, so Sally also brought up about you know Massimo and and the you know the seeming revelation that he is human, right? I mean, the scene where Bo chi sucks him and, and, and she says, you know, you're you're human, um, which then kind of brings up the point: Does Evany know he's human? Has he got something that's masking his humanity? Right. From well, I, we assume, and you know, now that when Sally mentions that, I'll, I'll take it on faith that, that I don't remember that that line, and I'm definitely too lazy to go back and, mm-hmm. and look it up. So I, I trust Sally getting the details. Well, right. the other thing is maybe he's somehow deceiving Bo. Maybe there's something that you know I, I, we don't know. I mean, I no, like because the- his reaction after that was pretty like genuine, like like she busts them. Yeah, like, like he's a human. So. Yeah, we'll talk about like druids and Project X because now I'm I'm like the whole thing. I'm like, wait a second. All right, so druids are they humans? I know like the actual druids were humans and everything. So was he supposed to be human? We, uh, you know, it's just. Well, I like that there's whatever. still some ambiguity. I mean, sure. I, I think he's. It's pretty well stated that he's human, but there's still just a hint of ambiguity there. So now her other comment was about Bo and Lauren. You know, with your little. Uh, impassioned speech yes. that uh, they are star-crossed lovers. It's from the heart, yo, from the Absolutely. heart. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously you agree with her. And, and you know, again, I'm, I'm still – they're they're not my favorite couple. I mean, it, hey, it's – I'm not, I'm not saying they are. You know, I, I want Lauren to have somebody. Um, I just don't think it's going to be Bo. But what do I know? Yeah, it's just – like I said, I mean, really, I just want them to like kind of not be so harsh on like commitment a little bit here, Wh- whoever it is. And I don't think that that Dyson and Bo, especially after this episode, I'm even more convinced that I don't want to see them go that route 
again. Um, but, you know, actually, well, we have a lot to say about Lauren, right. obviously, this episode and everything. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, let's yeah. just get some commitment going here, you know? Like, if you love someone, go for it. Love yep. them, you know? Yep. But uh, but then again, you know, Bo, there is that she's a succubus, and we saw that certainly this episode that, uh, that, you know, her almost, you know, constant need for some kind of sexual stimulation is, you know, is almost all the time, so. Right, so. But Sally, I, I, I didn't mean to make you cry, so I apologize for that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you as always, Sally, and please, listeners, take Sally's advice. Send us some feedback, and, you know, I usually do this at the end of the podcast, but what I did notice, uh, and as I'm sure some of you that have gone to the website well, I mean, it's been probably six months now, but I changed the design a little bit on it. And what I did notice is our speak pipe tab is not there anymore. So I haven't really worked out what the heck happened there. But look, you guys are all smart people. You're genre television fans. You know how to make a MP3 audio file. So do that, send it to us, and we'll get you on the air and then go from there. All right. So Project X tonight. What do you got, Wayne? All right, well, the first thing I have is we just we're talking about is the Druids. Now, when I say Druids, what's the first thing you think of, Dave? I think of the History Channel, and I think of England, and I think of, uh, you know. You think of Stonehenge? Yes. Yeah, right. So that's actually kind of a, uh, I don't want to say misnomer, mistake, because uh, the Stonehenge was built by what I remember my um, – high school English teacher is referring to as the Beaker people, uh, this very much more ancient uh, group of people in England. Uh, the Celts came around, uh, you know, kind of like right before Rome was kind of crawling out of the dirt. So around 600 uh, BCE, uh, the Celts came into Britain and the, the Druids were the, you know, the priests for the Celts. And they were really well, like the priests and the professors and they carried on the learning and they were the culture and everything kind of tied up in one. So they are, are not the ones who built Stonehenge. Uh, it is uncertain whether they did human sacrifice, but, you know, certainly they, because, you know, for a, a basically illiterate people, um, they were the people who, you know, carried on the oral tradition. They carried on the knowledge. You had to train for like 20 years to become a Druid. So, um, you know, they would, you know, obviously seem magical and mystical to, you know, your common Celt when, you know, in reality, they're just like the smart dudes, the chemists and the scientists, like, you know, like guys now who, you know, like a chemist will go up and mix some things together and turn, you know, a clear liquid brown and then back to red. And I would, you know, I would if if I were an ancient person, I'd think that was magic. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, so, they can mix mercury with water and make an explosion. And, you know, again, ancient person would be like, "Whoa, magic!" You know, it's not magic; it's just nature. It's science and learning. But uh, so anyway, uh, so how does that play in? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Except that you know, uh, certainly uh, uh, Massimo or. It's Ma- Ma- 
it's like Ma- Massimo or Massimo, right? It's like the two, like they keep switching up. Right. Like one character will pronounce it one way. Like I think Kenzie calls him Massimo and Bo calls him Massimo. So whatever. Um, either way. Both he's both got he that did, Midwestern accent. Yeah. From- yeah. So, uh, yeah, it could be that, that flat Minnesota accent, right? So uh, anyway, um, but he, he certainly has a penchant for mixing together chemicals and everything. So, uh, as far as, you know, you know, I mean, the, obviously the regular druids were human beings. They're humans, they're priests. So was all this whole time, was he supposed to be human? And I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he was human and he was, you know, for whatever his skill set was, he was welcomed into the fake community and was like you said, just known as Massimo the Druid. Right. No, we'll talk more about that. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. And then, uh. So uh, the next is Gargoyles. Yeah, that's what I was looking forward to hearing you talk about. <laughs> so I know, Dave, that when you saw those Gargoyles, your first thought was... Weeping Angels, right. Doctor Who. Yeah, Blink, especially that final montage at the end of Blink with, you know, you start to think, well, you know, actually all statues are kind of creepy, aren't they? Well, you know? we think problem solved and then, oh no, problem yeah, is just beginning. all kinds of statues out there and, and everything. So, So what I did not know, actually... Was that gargoyles? Like I just I I had heard I remember from you know like you know world history and in college and everything that you know gargoyles were put on the sides of cathedrals meant like halfway to demonstrate the face of evil to the people, but also to ward off evil spirits. But actually, their original um, purpose was as rain spouts as to take the water and have it shoot out away from the building. So, you know, obviously just as a drain is supposed to do, right? Okay. Um, and so they just got to make them all fancy and stuff and everything. And then it got to the point where, you know, again, like in the, the Gothic era, um, they became like these hideous monsters on the sides of cathedrals that, um, you know, were, as we said, you know, had that dual purpose there and everything. Uh, but, it, it does bring back the, the basic point that Stephen Moffat played off in Blink with that things that are like not human or not animal, but yet resemble an animal or human are, they're pretty creepy. Like you look at a mannequin uh, or a gargoyle or a statue and everything, and there's this inherent creepiness about them because it's something that kind of is a representative of the human form, but yet is not a human. Right, when also, especially their human form in a form that is not supposed to be able to move. I mean, they are stone. They are statues. I mean, that's the, you know, that whole metaphor about uh, you know, standing like a statue, or I guess that's actually a simile. Um, but right. a, a, And in Blink, it's the same thing. You turn around, and, and then you look back, and they're 10 feet closer to you, and, and same here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and so when we see on television – statues moving yeah it like really freaks me out and that's why like the first time i saw like a living mannequin like i jumped you know i was like whoa because you know like mannequins aren't supposed to move and all of a sudden one moves a little bit and you're like oh my god you know and it, just because it's not supposed to happen doctor who rose Ex- exactly right the, the episode rose plays on on that uh that same kind of innate fear yep of moving mannequins is that it on gargoyles? That that's Project X for the week. Okay, done. Well, you know, just to just kind of extend it out just a little bit. Now, who is it that says in the episode that gargoyles serve a higher authority? 
Uh, was it the Unamens say that? Um, I think it was. It I, seems I, like I can't believe I didn't write they, that down. They would say. Um, they attack whoever threatened their masters. Oh, Elder no. Faye. I think it might have been Massimo. Massimo or Massimo. Yeah. <laughs> you see, now we're you, doing it right. right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the creepy uh, drug dealer druid dude. Right. So then I'm it's pretty like, sure he says it. Because he's surprised. Um, when we were talking about this the other day, you know, like the whole plot that he has and everything. So, you know, his his shock when Bo reveals the, the gargoyles is, is like genuine. You yeah. Know? Yeah, but it seems like the whole rest of the plot with to trap them inside the—that was all still his plan to trap them inside the apartment. It's just he didn't expect the gargoyles to be there, right? So, all right. Well, we've got basically four storylines. We've got Bo, who's trying to kind of blend back into her former life. We've got Tamsin's, you know, the end of her regeneration. Uh, we've got Lauren, which. Again, I mean, I mean, for the second or third week in a row, I mean, we don't see a lot of her, but boy, what we see is powerful. And then Kenzie. Um, but, you know, just first thoughts. I mean, you know, look, obviously the biggest reveal possibly of the whole series is that the Unamens tell Bo they know she's chosen a side, that yeah. she is now aligned. Yeah. But she doesn't know it, and we find out she is aligned dark. Um, yeah, you love that because like Bo comes in with all this bluster and confidence, and they're yeah. like, "Well, we came for the unaligned succubus. You are not unaligned." She's like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like you just see her like all that confidence just drains straight out of her face. And, well, right, like you said, she comes in. You know, you may not know who I am. I do what I want to do. Nobody tells me what to write, and yeah. then boom. Yeah, they just nail her. Like it's it's almost worse than killing her, right? They just kind of deflate it, and it everything. opens up. So many story possibilities. Uh, uh, yeah, her, you think? Her, her, yeah, I mean, her relationship with Dyson, her relationship with her grandfather. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, well, really. those light fey bigots are going to have to, you know, have to deal with it a little well, bit, won't they? Well, it, it, does it go deeper than bigotry? I mean, is it just? Well, we'll see. Is won't it we? Because we've, we've, there's very few dark fey that we've actually liked, except for you know, uh, Ryan. Yeah, maybe Vex occasionally. Ebony, but we don't like her because she's good. We just like her because she's – we actually like her because she's bad, or at least I do. Oh, yeah. I, um, no question. So, but we – there aren't any dark fake characters really except for Ryan Lambert that – Oh, Tamsin. Oh, Tamsin. Right. Duh. Yeah. Right. right. Tamsin as well. All right. So, there's like really – but there's very few. Most of the dark fake, the minute they're dark fake, we automatically have, you know, again, as a bigot would do – you get an impression of that character right away because of who she, he or she is. And, uh, and that's actually one of the things that Ryan said, like just because of dark Faye didn't mean I'm, I'm bad. You know, it's just like, there's plenty of bad light Faye as well, but right, it's just, right. we've been kind of on the light Faye side. So you're right. It does. The, uh, the, the possibilities that are there are, are literally endless. Now I'm certainly not going to change my view on the first two episodes of this season, which I don't think were among the, the finest hours of Lost Girl, but they certainly have come back strong with episodes three and four. So, I mean, a, a, again, in sports terms, I think we're certainly at at least at two and two at this point. Yeah, I, I'm going with three and one, but okay. uh, I, I agree that the first two were nowhere. I mean, this this is, this episode, I think, was probably better than a lot of from seasons. I'd even go, I'd say you might even have to go back to season one. Okay. Yeah, well, there were some really good ones in season two as yeah. well. But I mean, this is 
probably better than most of the and no, I'm not that's not to disparage season three. I'm just saying that this was like a fantastic episode. Okay. Well, why don't we start I think we did this last week too. We started with Lauren and her story and we we've got her and Crystal chained in a room and, and you feel like you're watching Saw. I'm not sure. I only saw the first Saw. I didn't Yeah, that's and, the only one I saw. And I didn't well. actually even see the whole thing. I didn't see the last six minutes. <laughs> um you know, and, and we've got Crystal lying there. Oh, this is all my fault. You know, I believe them. Well, should um, we? Should, you, did we, we didn't mention like the title or the writer or director yet. Uh, have good we? point. You want to? Sure. So it uh, is named Turn to Stone, and it was written by Michael Grassi and directed by Paolo Bartzman. I guess that's a good sign, though, that we were so excited to jump into the discussion that we forgot right. about that. Right. And, you know, again, like, you know, uh, Paolo Bartzman, you know, I think pretty much, I, at least I have liked pretty much every episode he's he's touched, so. Yeah. Now, this but is the Mike, writing was good as well. Right. Now, this is Michael Grassi's first Lost Girl episode, and I did, I did notice that he's slated to do a couple more, at least a couple more this season that already have titles attached to them. So, you know, uh, looking for it. I guess he did some work on Degrassi. Uh, which I never really saw other than just flipping the dial around. But uh, Yeah, it looks like he's going to do episode 10. Yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's certainly good. All right. So um, we've got Lauren and Crystal, and the voice comes over the speaker and refers to her, you know, first it's like, good to see you back, Lauren, or should I say, I swear, I've listened to it now three times. It's trick. I'm convinced it's trick. You know, you, you had said that, and when I went back and watched it, um, I, I I can definitely hear trick in there. I'm not convinced it's trick, mostly because I'm like, why? Why? Why, right. why would he need to do any of this? It doesn't make any sense at all for it to be trick. Um, but you're right, the voice definitely sounds like rick hallen's voice kind of well i guess uh, I, I could see it but but you know again the thing that the thing that's holding me back is just like why why would it be trick why would he why would trick do all this why would he even need to do all this right i mean it, it, st- coming up with some sort of convoluted storyline to explain it you know maybe he knew that she wasn't safe she being lauren that she wasn't safe even though she thought she was you know, working as the waitress, Amber, and that, you know, this was his elaborate plan to, now why he wouldn't just tell her. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he figured she wouldn't listen, be, you know, that, that. But know, still, you know, he could like capture her and not chain her up. Of course. put her in that room. And then there's everything. the whole thing with the, you know, lift up the tarp and, you know, yeah. I mean, was that all a ruse or was, is, is there really an elder that's yeah, engaging so, in so cannibalism. I, you know, I agree with you that the voice definitely could very well be tricks, but I just really don't think. It, I just can't imagine what plausible storyline that they could possibly come up with okay. to, to to make that work. So, you know, I've been proven wrong before. You know, okay. well, we'll see. But what I love about this scene, you know, more than anything, is that just Lauren's to me turned a corner in her life, not going to allow herself to be manipulated anymore. And controlled, um, and and I, I think it's going to carry over to her love life as well. I think she's going to, you know, look at, at, at okay, does she love Bo? Yeah, I think she does. But 
I think maybe her eyes will be open that that she realizes in that relationship she was just being, you know, I don't want to say pushed around, but but certainly controlled and manipulated to a certain extent. And I think that's in the past for her. And yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I agree with you about her being controlled in that relationship, but uh, but I, I agree with every, everything else. Absolutely, she's definitely stepping up here. Oh, I mean, the um, scene where she takes off the handcuffs, and I mean, that was me, awesome. I mean, it was just like, I yeah. mean, she just needed to pull that shotgun from behind her back <laughs> and like. Yeah. And, you know, or you know, even better if like her hand was cut off and she just like attached like a chainsaw to her uh, hand. That'd be even better. <laughs> good, yeah, good. Um, but we also how cool would that be? It would Lauren be with cool. a chainsaw hand. Yeah. Okay. That would be brilliant. It would be cool. But I, I really like, I, I like the new Lauren. I mean, now maybe some listeners are going to say no, that's the same old Lauren. But now, no, I don't think so because like again, the thing that's always kind of annoyed me about Lauren is this kind of. You know, sneaky, snivelly type. Not that she is sneaky, snivelly, but just kind of this underhanded type thing. And I think the the best part was when she like kind of ironically realizes that she was spy banged, right? Right. And and as she says, it's spy banged. You know, right. she's like smiling, like she okay. Now I now I get it. now I know why Kenzie was so pissed off. Right. You know? Right. Um. But again. We understand that she's been in a subservient role for the last five years. I mean, how could it be otherwise? She's human among the Fae. So, you know, naturally she's in a subservient role. I mean, even to a degree Kenzie is. But the other thing, we learn more of her backstory. And I guess we assume that that was a red wig she was wearing when she was working as Amber because now her hair is back to being blonde. Right, yeah. Right. I, yeah, I guess. Or, so, or maybe it's been that much time that her roots have grown. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the wig. But <laughs> uh, but we learn, you know, now, you know, where the mugshot came from, you know, who Karen Beatty is, what she did, and that uh, she's running from a murder charge. I mean, the result of an eco-terrorist act gone awry. Um, she made pipe bombs, and as she says, she trusted her brother. Uh, and, uh, you know, that seems like a little weak to me as an excuse. I mean, that that what'd you think your brother was going to do with a pipe bomb? Right. Well, probably not kill people. You know, I mean, that was like, especially like with the weathermen. And uh, I actually just saw a pretty awesome movie called The the uh, the, the Bader-Meinhof uh, Complex, which is about uh, a similar group in Germany. I mean, they just blew up buildings and stuff. They didn't intend to, to really kill people. Now, people did get her did get killed, but that wasn't their intent. Now that doesn't excuse what they did. Right. You're right, um, but you know that's like I could see how she wouldn't have wanted people to be hurt. That well, they were just I agree, but meant to blow up a, a pipeline, you know, a pipeline. But but you're absolutely right again that you make that choice to to get involved in something like that, and you know things can go badly wrong. Right, and and I think to a certain extent we're looking at Lauren's redemption at some point. You know, for for these acts where I believe she says 11 people died. Yeah. Okay. So um, now the other thing is she thinks Hale yeah. is the man well, behind the curtain. You know, I was, I was like, why she thinks Hale? Like, oh, well, because she doesn't know that Hale's not the Ash anymore, right? Okay. But uh, so she's just, right. a, and Hale was a real douche the last time she saw him, right? True. That's true. So I, I, don't think it was because at first I was like the same thing. Like why? And I'm like, oh yeah, because you know the last time she saw Hale, he was still being the a hole, uh, um, Ash, 
And for all she knows, that he's actually like the real Ash now. And so who else would be able to pull off something like that than than the the Ash himself? Right. right? But we do see at the end of you know her scenes that the door opens and it's revealed who has her and obviously she realizes well, it's, not, it's, it's revealed to her not right, to us. exactly not to us uh, but she does realize it's not hale right so cuz who is it it's trick of course i yeah. already said that yeah. come on I, I don't think so but you know okay. it could be all right um we have, we've actually gotten away. We used to have like remember we used to have like a prediction section. We used we, to have we did a really really section. We just got yeah. away from all that okay, stuff. Well, well, I we pre- maybe I, at the end I we should, predict it's trick. Right, we just, you got to save it for the prediction oh, okay. segment, dude. Okay, well I'll have to go first because you might say it then. All right, now the, the well, I'm not going to say because I don't think it's trick. Right, okay. I just oh, told right. you that. All right, okay. I got you. All right, now uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the other other, other thing we we see, uh, and, and you know Dyson's obviously in this episode a lot, but uh, I I don't want to say his appearances really don't add a lot of meaning, a lot of meat to the episode, but they don't really. Well, there's some meat in that first scene. Well, there is some, you know, we're back to where we're back to season one, you know, where we open with a sex scene each week, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. So, I mean, is it, is it that Bo has been, and we have no idea how long she's been away. Right. You know, we We have no reference point. I don't know if we're going to find out at at some point. I'm trying to think if we yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, though. Well, right? I mean, it's been long enough that that you know, Kenzie and and Lauren are at least, um, you know, on reasonably good speaking terms. That that um, right, but they forgot about Bo, right? I mean, without take Bo out of their lives, and why would they be at odds with each other? Right? Well, right, but is it is it? Uh, yeah, true. Okay, but I, I don't know. But you're right. We we don't really have a, a, any kind of, of reference point. Uh, sometimes it seems like a lot of time has passed. It's certainly enough time for Kenzie to develop her little fay habit, right? Um, and and I mean, does that explain Bo's voracious sexual appetite? Yeah, could be. But I I noticed in that scene because you know, we always kind of got on uh, Dyson for you know working out. In his jeans and everything. The guy doesn't even take his jeans off to have sex. So yeah. it's like, so why why would he not? Why would he take them off to work out? Right. Right. Like, he just refuses to take those. He must really like those jeans. He's right. just like, oh, I just love the fit, man. It's well, we, you know, I guess in a departure, we see Bo in the uh, you know at the, at the punching bag this time. Right. Which was kind of cool. Yeah. Right? You know, I like that. Uh, she looks like she knows her way around a punching bag. Actually, I wouldn't want to mess with her. But the other thing you know, is that you know, and look, obviously we've talked about it. Obviously, you know, a lot of the listeners, a lot of the chatter out on the internet, uh, Dyson, Bo, and Lauren, and, and that Dyson makes several comments. I mean, he has the one you know where where he's worried that he's lost Lauren. Now, what does that mean? I mean, you know, does he know where she is? I mean, is he partly responsible for? Her hiding out? I don't think so. No, I, th- I think that's exactly what it means. Okay. That he had put her in that diner, whatever, given her the cover, okay. whatever. He you know, he knew where she was. And now she's gone from the diner. And maybe was the only person who knew where she was. And okay. now she's not there anymore. And he's, so he has lost her. Okay. And he's really concerned. So who is he concerned about? I mean, is he worried that, you know, is he concerned because it's going to upset Bo? I mean, that's what I'm going with. Now, again, maybe I'm being naive here. Well, I, I think Dyson has matured quite a bit in season three. Um, well, it's not really necessarily the word, but 
his his outlook has changed. You know, he used to be so he was always so petulant and angry for you know seasons one and especially season two, and but and and, and then in season three they started writing him where he's more kind of zen and I'm I'm kind of cool with it. And and as he explained to uh, Tamsin that you know basically it's a simple story. I loved her. I lost my love. By the time I got back, she was in love with someone else. And that he seems kind of fatalistic about it. Fate, yeah, right. resigned. But as we've also said before, part of that resignation is the knowledge that, well, you know, I might have to wait 60 years, for 50, 60 years, but Lauren's going to die. And then I can just, you know, move right in. So that, you know, again, he, he might be thinking long-term. Though There's really nothing he's given any indication that he's thinking like that recently. I think just basically he's resigned, not necessarily resigned, but has kind of gotten okay with it and realized that, you know, as Sting says, if you love someone, set them free. You know, that sounded bad when we talked about it the first time. Yeah. Him like, well, I'll just wait till Lauren dies and then yeah, yeah. And it still sounds bad. But yeah. But but well, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't see it as being like right. that calc because right. that's calculating, right? I don't see he's being more pragmatic, I, one of right. the Yeah. I think he's just has realized that yes, I love Bo, but you know, she loves Lauren, and I, I have to be cool with that. Well, and he does, uh, or you, you could argue that then he needs to fight for her. And, and I think what I like, and, and again, I, I, I think a lot of people would disagree with me, is that I think he respects both. I mean, I think he respects Lauren, yeah. and I think he respects Bo. I think he respects their relationship, and you know, any fighting he does for it, I, I think he's going to fight fair, whatever that actually ends up meaning. Sure. So, but I don't know if having sex with Bo in a boxing ring while Lauren is out there on witness protection, or whatever, that's probably not exactly well fair. true. But is it just the whole friends with benefits thing? Yeah, I think and, and I think that's what it yeah. is. And 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 you know, to go way back, I mean, Lauren's already you know you know understood that that's going to be part of the deal although as she said at the time anybody but she, dyson she put she put the kibosh on the wolf all right, right? so but, uh, uh, all right maybe maybe that got erased with other aspects of her memory <laughs> conveniently right. erased or whatever but uh but yeah anyway i mean you know whatever it's i understand that bo's a succubus and everything but like i said before let's you know it's it's let's let's get some some monogamy in here, maybe just a little bit. I know yeah. she's, you know, whatever part of the show has been that, but you know, it's not like it's an evil thing. Right. right. So, all right. Well, uh, we have our favorite blonde back, at least my favorite blonde. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's awesome to, I mean, I really like teenage Tamsin. And I think we mentioned the actress's name last time. I don't, I didn't write it down this time, but she's awesome. Yeah. She, she was, she was really, really good. Uh, so I was sorry to see her go. But then, you know, psyched to Because see. she's done twerking out, so. <laughs> right. Uh, and all she wants to do is eat junk food. And yeah, and, and, uh, and I know you like her because of the show. She her Cultural favorite. reference, man. Come on. The X-Files. <laughs> and, and it's like, do you want to come out with uh, me and Bo to some, you know, dusty old bar? Or do you want to stay here and watch the X-Files? Oh, X-Files, please. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. Though, again- not spectacular parenting, right? Sitting down, mm-hmm. the kids in front of the television. She's a teenager. And, she can be baby. Like, I don't care that she's two weeks in. old. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, she's certainly old enough to- Popping uh, a DVD in and, and going out is not 
the way to characters. Right, but in that opening scene where we see Kenzie brushing her hair, and you know, as it turns out, you know, the hair thing is, is rather important to the storyline, right. and, and we, you know, the, she makes a point that not a strand of her hair was left in the brush, which, you know, it's pretty much unheard of for just about everybody. Yes, from what I see, my brushes at home uh, have all kinds of long hairs in them. So yes, I know that. that right, is very and then original. she she makes the point, uh, Tamsin, that is, that she really doesn't remember anything other than that she's dark. So, you know, right. as part of her regeneration process, I guess, you know, now will the memories come back? Yeah, I almost think they're going to have to. I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, I, I guess not. I mean, we saw a similar storyline. Yeah, but I think they are because there's only so much. Though I, I like how Rachel Scarston is playing kind of the innocent Tamsin. You know the wide-eyed innocent Tamsin, but I, I I'm pretty sure that before too long we'll see the Tamsin that we we've known from last season. Okay, well, those masked intruders, and and I guess we, you said that they were with Massimo, right? They yeah. Were, okay, and they come and you know before they're even able to do something, I'm not sure exactly what she does. It was like her eyes go black. I mean, we've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. And That's like the the Valkyrie thing, like yeah. Which she, she looks quite right. scary. And so, you know, so she wards them off, but then she's like falls to the ground in pain holding her back. And, and of course, we, you know, learn that, uh, you know, those are her wings. Yep. And I mean, we had no indication she had wings before, you no. know, then, and, and I forget who well, it was. Well, that's because, well, Massimo tells us in the end that this it's, is it's only in your last stage. Right. So this must be her 12th reincarnation. Exactly. Right. 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 <laughs> so, um, that's it, unless uh, you know, unless River Song passes some more lives onto her, then you know. Right now, she does. You know, Bo hates me because I'm dark, and and uh, you know, then that's the whole thing where he, she's asking you know Bo uh, Dyson if Bo's his girlfriend, and you know we we covered that. Um, I did like Massimo's line uh, that tells her she's been playing house with the ambiguous ambiguously Fay duo. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Uh, that was pretty good. There, were, there haven't yeah. been as you know many. What that's gr- referring to, right? Yeah, the uh, yeah, from the, the Saturday, Saturday Night Live, Live right? Right. Yeah, there haven't been as many, you know, really witty lines this season, but that was certainly you know yeah. one that got no, that was me. a good one for sure. Um, are, are we officially talking about Tamsin now? By the way, I guess we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because um, you know, you'd mentioned that AKA scene. the Harbinger of Death, right? Exactly. Um, but that that scene in in the police station where. Uh, Dyson and Bo start like with the dirty sex talk and using this shopping <laughs> metaphor, and uh, and Tam's just like, oh, can I come? Yeah, you know, just like this whole wide-eyed golly gee kind of innocence that that was just hilarious. I mean, when you think about what Tam's and how jaded and cynical she was last season, and now to see her as this. You know, this wide-eyed innocent is just, I mean, hats off to Rachel Scarson. Well, yeah, because man. you really, I mean, w- w- vocal inflections when she did that in, the, in you know, previous season. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Well, it's just both. Right. She's really funny as both, you yeah. know, as the right. cynic, as the innocent, both of them. She's she's hilarious. And what was fun. so great is, I mean, okay, we get like the 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 elementary school age Tamsin, you know, liking like lick a maid and or whatever, all that crap she was eating. And then even teenage, you know, uh, you know, but, right. right, right. But now even the adult, ten, you know, it's like got the donut there and, and just, <laughs> uh, again, I guess it's, uh, 
part of the regeneration process. I don't know where she puts it though, man. Like, I don't know where she puts it. Fat on her body. Yep. Um, it, the other interesting thing, you know, that the, the conversation she's she has with Dyson, you know, when she asks him, you know, was I a good cop? And you know, he tells her, I forget exactly what were you, but you were you were tough or or you know something like that. And uh, you know, I think she's trying to kind of piece together her past. I mean, I, I still think like you that it's going to come flooding back to her. And, uh, you know, she won't need to you know, recover it this way. But uh, now the other thing is, you know, w- when Massimo comes in, and really we've seen this now two weeks in a row, somebody putting a blade or somebody putting a weapon to Bo's throat. And it's right. like, really? <laughs> well, th- th- this one was especially pathetic because you're yeah. like, because it's not like he had the blade hidden. He already had it out. And all of a sudden he makes some. Like was it like so super quick that Bo was caught by surprise? Just like it, that was yeah, that was. It was almost like she was let him not, do it, just yeah. playing with him. Um, yeah, could be because that that was just not believable that he could get the drop on Bo like right. that. Right, you know? but as a plot device, that was also when then you know Tamsin spreads the wings, you know, and right. and uh, stop, release, witness. Yeah, I mean that was, that was, wit- that was hardcore. Witness my power, I guess. Was, yeah, witness okay. witness the wings. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty intense. So again, I mean, I'm not sure how many more episodes till we get Tamsin that we knew back, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm liking what we're seeing so far. Yeah. My prediction will be probably sometime towards the end of next, uh, the next episode. Okay. She'll, she'll be back as, well, maybe not quite like she was before because, you know, that was Tamsin after quite a few years of of experience, right? To, that had the really super jaded Tamsin, um, but uh, but you know she'll probably get her memories back. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I would predict either I'm saying the end of next episode, beginning of the one after that, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, somewhere um, between now and the end of this season. Then will be is my exact accurate pinpoint. Okay. Time. All right. So uh, anything else about Tamsin you want to? throw out there i don't think so no okay now you know it's funny i mean we've talked about how you know there was certainly a period for i think both of us that we were not that fond of lauren and i think we're both really coming around to her character and and you know i think we all loved kenzie and now i'm like i'm I'm just not feeling it again it's it's well no one likes a person who feels sorry for himself yeah, or herself. Yeah, and this desperation is not attractive. No, not not at all. And and you know, okay, on the one hand, I, I get it. It was it was hard for her. But for her to say, You left me to Bo? Yeah. I mean, okay. Re- yeah, really. Really? Yeah. Like that that's not even close to being fair. Um and just that whole whiny feeling sorry for myself type thing. It's like Come on, because Kenzie's really never been like that. You know, Kenzie's always been tough and a survivor, and and uh, you know the one who's you know just we never see her you know whinging and and complaining really not too much at well, least. Well, yeah. right, and I mean they're they're kind of connect reconnecting as BFFs in that whole pitiful lament about not fitting in anywhere and. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, alternately, I'm, I'm you know like Sally, I'm like feeling like like a little tear. And then thinking like, you know, this is totally contrived. I mean, are you, you know, yeah. you, this can't be real. Are you, 
you know, are you up to something? Right. Well, I don't know if she's up to something, but it's it's just kind of like the, you know, just, I mean, weird stuff happens this whole episode where characters are acting out of character. Right. You know? Um, and Which I love, by the way. Sure, sure. Yeah. So is it, is there some kind of, you know, rationale for that as in the in the overall story arc or is it just you know the inconsistent writing yeah yeah you know? um but uh but yeah that was just that you know, you're right you I start, at first you're like kind of sad but then she starts saying you left me la 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 it's just like oh please you know just like get over yourself Kevin. yeah i mean because correct me if i and i you know i can't remember does Bo even say it's like um, I wasn't the one that like brought the black smoke into the no, she, to Bo's credit she doesn't say yeah, that yeah um, and on top of that was it not Kenzie who got in the car with Bruce at the end of season three right so yeah. she's the one and which begs the question where's Bruce um, you know what one of the things I was going to talk to you I, you know we got to stop letting work get in the way of podcasting because <laughs> you know, along with reminding you about the Amazon DVDs and all that stuff, um, the webisodes. Now, have you seen any? There's four webisodes no, that well, were in between seasons three and right. four, and the first one is Kenzie and Bruce. Okay, and I thought uh, maybe we should like at some point, you know, look at those four. But again, we digress. Um, yeah. Well, so, we should have. Uh, I know we were we we're just we we're talking about zombies and stuff that whole time, and we. We could have probably put in some time for those yeah, good point. episodes. Okay. Well, Wolf the- Or Slackers. You know, yeah. Well, figure out who to blame on that. But the other thing- I blame the government. Yeah, there you go. All right. Now, Kenzie, the other thing is she's been stealing yeah. to support her right. fake right. cream exactly. habit. Yeah, yeah. You know? she's a junkie, yeah. she's a thief, right. and she's a whiner. And I know, you know, it's easy to dismiss, like when when you said this the first time of calling her a junkie, a, you know, a couple of but it, it's true. I mean, it really is. That's how she's acting. I, I, I call it right from yep. the start, man. Yep. She's demonstrating classic addictive behaviors. And stealing from the people- that have taken you in. I mean, what, again, what's the consequence going to be when this is found out? I mean, now, yeah, look, she took Trick the, already knows. The twig of Zamora. I, I, if I remember correctly, that was like a pretty powerful yeah. thing. You know, like she's that's that's messed up, right? And I mean, Trick already knows she's been stealing. I'm not sure he knows why she's been stealing from him. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think she he knows. I mean, I don't think we have any indication. Well, and, and he handled it was just like in a kind of oh, you crazy Kenzie, come yeah. on, put it back, you know, like that. When really, it's like, don't you see this as problematic, Trick? So yeah. you know, who do we blame? We blame Trick. Yeah. And where's and, Trick been, by the way? Yeah. Well, he's this is like he's, the second episode with with really no Trick, right? He's up in the little room with the microphone, looking down <laughs> on that bathroom where he's got the right. Lauren and. Uh, Crystal handcuff. Now, obviously, like most junkies, you know, she's in debt to her dealer. Sure. And so now we, we come up with the, or, or Massimo comes up with the the plan that, you know, they need to get this plant that's growing in Lauren's apartment. And I figure some kind of Japanese something. I'm not, yeah. Did we ever learn what he actually wanted it for? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. So anyway, so they, they you know, they, they get that. Um but, but you know, like you were saying, you know, I'm tired of feeling helpless. I'm weak and vulnerable. And I kissed Dyson. <laughs> yeah. that, that was pretty funny, though, the way, yeah. you know, she just kind of threw that in there. Again, like contrived. I mean, sure. 
I only really want to kiss Hale. I think I might be in love with him. Yeah, like, that that bit was just whatever. Yeah, but I think it was funny though when she said, "I yeah, I'm in like love with him." Yeah, <laughs> just kind of like mirroring the the Hales. I, I I like you speech. Yeah, and I mean, but that kind of goes with her character. I mean, really, kind of unwilling to commit. I mean, I mean, she's certainly committed to Bo. I mean, as a true friend. I mean, she certainly has committed to Bo. I mean, there's no question sure. there. But again, it's make a choice, make a decision, take a chance. I mean, I guess we could argue she took a chance there with Nate at take that one chance, point. On um, but, you know, I don't really have any of you, you know, what you do. I belong. Yeah, shut up. Jeez. Um, and then Dyson, I, I, you know, Maybe I'm falling for all Dyson's whatever, but you know when he tells her that his moves, Dave? she doesn't have to be Faye to be among them, and that he can teach her to be more than she is. Right? Yeah, like this kind of Obi Wan stuff he pulls, but then he's yeah. like, "When the time's right, it's yeah. like, um, now seems like a pretty good time, Dyson." Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think Dyson's distracted on you know. For I, I think probably like we said a few minutes ago with with finding Lauren, for whatever reason, and you know we'll I'm sure right. find that find out that reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, it's safe to say Kenzie's you know she slipped a little bit in the uh, rankings. Right, but I think now that she's kind of come clean, like, I mean that's like the first step to recovery is like you know being honest about your problem. And so she admits that she has a problem. She says sorry to the people that she's hurt. And uh, so now she's able to move on from there and kind of give off, give over this whole idea of, you know, becoming Faye through, you know, steroids, banned banned substances. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when really it's just like this little sparkles on her hands. It's like really, and it was kind of cool when she shows Bo. You're not sure how Bo's going to react, and she's like, "Damn, that's cool." Yeah. Um, so you know, it's just uh, the the whole thing. It's just kind of. Goofy. Now, now, were you surprised at Bo's reaction at first when she tells her that she kissed Dyson? Because Bo seemed like a little taken aback. She was taken back, and then she seemed like she got a little upset. Yeah, and and both of those reactions were surprising to me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was waiting for the blue glow eyes of death from yeah, her. Uh, you but, did watch. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, but on to our main character. I mean, she realizes that the the Unimens want her dead. Um, you know, we find that out. You know, they want the unaligned succubus dead. Now that she's aligned. And I think we talk. We don't necessarily have any evidence. I mean, I think we assume the Unimens are uh, are they this neutral party? You know, they don't seem to be either light or dark. They do they ministrate over both? Yeah, yeah, it does seem like that. Okay, yeah. so uh, so to you know, in in their minds, it's just you have again, you have to pick a side. Like I, I said about Kenzie, um, she's still recovering her memory. Um, it says she doesn't remember anything after being taken from the doll. So then, you know, we've talked about then, um, well, did she see her father? Did she see the wanderer? Well, she doesn't remember anything. Yeah, right. Uh, she Well, I, I guess, because you know, the, the, like we said, the one scene. Well, when she wakes up with the maid, and then I mean, he wakes up, and, and right. then the maid comes in. and 
So she does remember the wanderer, right? Because he's mentioned twice here. Uh, the one time Kenzie says, you think it's a wanderer? And Bo's like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. And then later in Lauren's apartment, when it all goes dark, because the, the gargoyle is attacking her, and she says, right. wanderer? You know, so she remembers him, but uh, but doesn't, rem- I don't know if she remembers him from the train. You know, right. She could pr- remember him from before, because, you know, as we've said before, that was kind of like a big thing in season three that seems to have once again go. I mean, just really, I mean, just really think about it. all the times we heard that freaking Dion song, and you know, like the wonders all over the place. And now it doesn't seem like anything's really changed, but yet now he's no longer really well, around or pursuing or whatever he was doing last season. Well, right, and and again, one of the the big questions that we were left with at the end of season three was, you know, who's Bo's father, and and you know, we'd like some answers. Yeah, uh, ultimately they're gonna have to get there fairly soon because we still like don't have like the big bad, right? You know, we don't know really what the overall arc is. Bo seems to be kind of cool with the Una men's now. Well, now, but but the the unit. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, first of all, you know, they've come in and they've changed everything, right? Sure. They, they go to the bar and now they're playing like sad music and yeah. you know, really. Um, no fun. No, no fun. fun. Right. So, you know, is this permanent? Is it temporary? You know, there. The uh, is the inquis- Inquisition still taking place? Yeah, it's kind of like where they call when she's. What would Bo call it? Like wartime France or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So probably more like Cromwell's England, it seems like, you know. But uh, yeah, really super boring. But then uh, Bo, you know, is up to shake stuff up a little bit. Right. But uh, so how long is the Unimens going to be around? We don't know. No, but as far as the big bad, they're not really that big and that bad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of scary a little bit. We saw them torturing. Vax and they're sending gargoyles after people and yeah, but stuff. See, but th- th- that kind of says it all, though. I mean, with that, I mean, th- does their power supersede Vex's power? I mean, he's well, I, a mesmer. Yeah. Well, clearly, yeah. clearly it does. Well, then they're pretty damn powerful, right? But it just—they're not. I, I I understand that they are supposed to be powerful, but I'm just not feeling it. Okay, know? okay. I, I don't feel their evilness. I, I got you. Like I don't hate them. So, in other words, they need to. The, the writers need to work them into a more prominent if they're gonna be role. the big bad you gotta yes. make them big and bad right, right. you right. gotta they you gotta go around and start like like they so that you hurt vex but well vex is you know he's he's a bad guy now right yeah. so go ahead torture him it's not really gonna right. really gonna bother me you know but if they really want to uh, make them the enemy then they have to have them start doing stuff that's and, enemyic yeah no i agree with you that'd be great um i mean the woman is creepy she but, is creepy but creepy is not bad Right. Well, creepy's good when you're supposed to be the bad guy. Right. I'm not sure that I don't think they're supposed to be the bad guy. I think there's, I think ultimately the the wanderer is still the the big bad guy in the background. I don't even know if he's the bad guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just don't yeah. know. Well, you know, I'll tell you as as the as we talk about this, you know, there are a lot of questions that I think they're going to address. And if they, again, you know, is Evany now back into her role? As the leader of the dark. Yeah. Well, she was, and now she's not in the episode again. Right. So, but but had she taken, she didn't no, take. No, she didn't, she didn't take. Well, I, we don't know, actually. Right. I mean, since Vex was on the, uh, right. you know, the, the torture, in the torture right. chamber. Yeah, like the part of the ear, you know, part of the back of her right. ear. Right. And, and I think it was pretty clear he didn't want the job really anyway. 
Um, well, he did, but he just wasn't doing doing wasn't, the job. He wasn't good at it. Right, but he liked all the yeah. perks that it, it came with. Yeah. So, yeah, I, all in all, uh, you know, I thought a really good episode. I wonder w- w- whether we'll see the gargoyles again. I'm thinking probably not. I, mean, I think that was a, you know, I think that would be overkill if they brought them back. But, you know, a lot of questions that that we need answers to. Um, sure, which is a good we're four four episodes in, so yeah. there should be all kinds of questions, you know. But also, you need to like maybe answer a couple now and then. And yes, they are answering questions, but they're answering questions from like two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and I mean, we've watched countless shows. I mean, certainly Lost comes to mind. And, and what was one of the things that was great about the way the writers handled things in Lost is, you know, for every question they answered, they proposed two new questions. And that's fine. You know, as long as we're getting some answers along the way, it's okay. So, Right, but ultimately Lost, like, ended and still left a lot of stuff. Yeah, but that's okay. Unanswered. Because we're smart people. We can, you know. Right, but, you know. Yeah, I know. We can make up our own ending, I guess, which what people have done, but, you know. So, all right. Uh, Anything else? Well, there's, okay, so there's a couple things. Okay. Uh, We were talking about this at lunch a little bit, and but we didn't, we forgot to mention it. We were talking about... Uh, Massimo, and that is that whole. All of a sudden, he turns into a child. All of a sudden, you know, like one minute he's Massimo, the confident, creepy drug dealer, and the next minute he's this whiny little child crying about how his mother needs Tamsin's hair. And my thought, because I'm wondering, like, this is like a significantly abrupt change of character. I mean, just out of nowhere, right? And I'm like, so what was different? I'm like, oh, well, he picked up Tamsin's hair, okay. that lock of Tamsin's hair. So I'm wondering if a human picking up Valkyrie hair, because obviously there's something very special about Valkyrie hair, um, that you know that 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 has some kind of effect on him, some kind of makes them retrogress or something, because that was just weird. Yeah, mommy. Yeah. yeah. So like, who's his mother? I mean, he's a human, so it's not like his mother's a fae. Well, actually, his mother could be a fae. I mean, I mean, it takes us back to the Doctor Who episode. Are you my mom? That's a third Doctor Who reference mommy? we've worked in yeah, tonight. That's all over the place. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, and again, it just kind of begs the question, are we going to see more of that, you know, the Valkyrie hair? Yeah. Are people yeah. going to be going after it? I think not. Well, I think well she's it's destroyed, though, now. right? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, well why weren't they before, though? Yeah. Like Tamsin was around, why weren't people like trying to cut her hair and stuff? Well, I mean, she was hiding in the bushes. Remember when when, when right. Dyson found her? Right. So, so I don't know. It just seemed like it, it was just a really weird, sudden uh, turn for him. And then all of a sudden, talking about his mother, and then the very fake potential suicide there of jumping into the the vat that didn't seem like it was that deep that he could but it was pretty hot it, it was hot but it just seems like he would burn his like knees off and stuff yeah so. yeah true i uh, yeah i don't know i don't know but uh but yeah that, that was so uh, i'm wondering if like that the valkyrie hair might have yeah something to do with it and we'll see that obviously if if so then we'll see more of that in the future all right anything else um, nope. I think that was really the last thing I wanted to talk okay, about. Well, the one thing I just want to mention, you know, re- remember from episode three, you know, when, when, uh, you know, Bo 
has already, you know, she's jumped off the train and she, you know, she hooks up with that family that's, uh, you know, it's in the house with, with the ghosts and all that. And when the daughter is showing Bo that scrapbook, remember, and I brought up about how I'd frozen the, right. and, and posted that up. Well, I, I, I did a little research on it. And now, now you know, I mean, I have a, a background in desktop publishing and, and uh, graphic design and all that. And uh, there's, you know, this is actually from what I, I didn't realize this, but even since the 1500s, uh, it's known as lorem ipsum. So, in other words, when you're when you're working on like page layout designs, you throw this these blocks of text in there just to see what it'll look like. Yeah, and, I actually, you know, it's funny because I knew that from okay. actually. You might not have heard, but it's this series of books called the the um, the Thursday Next series. No, I haven't. Yeah, okay. it, it's really good. But but in there, the, I, I, it would take me a while to explain okay. how it comes up. But there is one part where they just as what you're saying about Lauren Ipsum. Okay, so so anyway, uh, that passage there that I don't have in front of me right now, but I posted on the website. Uh, it was Cicero, and, and basically, it was a translation of that Lauren Ipsum. That that is always used just as a placeholder, and it it, it basically comes from this this uh, uh, piece that he wrote uh, in oh gosh when did Cicero live like uh, Cicero j- j- just before right around the time of Caesar right um, he was actually uh, Mark Antony had him killed so um, about the pleasure pain principle and you know the the whole idea that you know anything you do pleasurable is going to come at a cost. And anything that you do that causes you pain will reap a benefit. And I guess then my question is, is there still, we still don't, is there some meaning to the show about that? Or did the, you know, the, the, the graphic designer that worked on that scrapbook, did he just put that in as a placeholder? But although, although I've never seen, the English translation used as a placeholder. Yeah. So anyway, so that's still out there. It's still uh, out there. Not sure how it's, it figures in, if at all, but you know, I'll let wiser minds than mine decide that. <laughs> all right. So uh, you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the website, fatalist.podbean.com. And like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, apparently the speak pipe tab is down. So uh, but yeah, look, you know how to record a voicemail. Just uh, you know, send us an MP3 as an attachment. We'd love to you know hear your comments. Um, we're on Facebook. Uh, still trying to get tweets out. Yeah, maybe about once a day just to keep you up to date on what our plans are. And please continue to access us through iTunes. Until then, Dave, you smell like sweaty gym dude, and I don't even care.